0: Welcome to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mary Ashen. Thank you for tuning in today. As we continue to witness a resurgence in anti-Semitism worldwide, it becomes even more critical for B'nai B'rith to increase its global footprint in fighting bigotry against Jews. Helping B'nai B'rith accomplish this work in Europe is today's guest, Benjamin Nagela, our Director for EU Affairs. Ben is based in Brussels and today... He'll be updating us on Bnei Britt's activities fighting anti-Semitism there and in Europe this year. We'll also be talking about the Austrian Council's presidency, its recent focus on anti-Semitism, and an important survey that was just conducted regarding the rising levels of anti-Semitism in Europe. Ben,
1: welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me, Dan. Well,
0: let's start... uh, with a, a general question, which will get us to the more specific ones that we have in a moment, and that would be about uh, the activities of uh, B'nai Brith in Brussels and Europe, relating to anti-Semitism in 2018. Tell us about some of the conferences that we did, and our membership in the working group on anti-Semitism, uh, and uh, and other uh, activities uh, that we've been engaged in.
1: Absolutely happy to do so, and I'm also happy to announce that. Uh, I would consider 2018 to be our most successful year in terms of outreach, in terms of uh, high-level conferences that we participated in and also co-hosted and organized, and also in the support and engagement that we had with the EU institutions here in Brussels. Maybe to have a more broader understanding of the work that I'm doing here in Brussels, uh, as far as I see, it, that we are the advocacy group and also the voice of not only our members in Europe and around the world, but also speaking on behalf of Jewish communities. And we're doing that in close cooperation with the European Union institutions, of which there are three. It's on one side the European Parliament, that has an official European Parliament anti-Semitism working group, of which Benerbruth is an advisory board member. And on the second, we have the European Commission. And within it, there is a Commissioner of Justice, Eurova, that's in charge, among others, of the Fundamental Rights Unit, that's covering uh, anti-Semitism, with whom we are working very closely with. And then on the third, we have the European Council, that uh, rotates its presidency among all the member states. And the most recent presidency was held by the Austrians. And I was happy also to see that the Austrians chose as one one of their defined priorities from summer up until now in December to tackle anti-Semitism and to acknowledge it as a major problem and to push during their presidency for all the member states that are involved uh, to actually tackle the problem and improve uh, combating the issue. On the side of the European Parliament, we had several big conferences this year, we raised awareness of the issue. We worked, among others, uh, uh, with uh, football clubs that we invited. We had uh, the football club in London after Chelsea coming, Borussia Dortmund, the, federal, the Federation of uh, European Football Associations, UEFA was there, and we tried to find solutions of how to combat anti-Semitism within sports and football. And I'm also happy to announce that we're going to send out, together with our partners at the European Jewish Congress and also the chairs of the working group, an official letter that is also signed and supported by Commissioner Timmermans and Commissioner Navratzic, he's in charge of education and sports, to urge football clubs around Europe and also federations to include in their constitutions a specific paragraph of uh, combating anti-Semitism and their commitment to doing so. There's a few other conferences that I'm happy to mention, which is uh, we did a conference of raising awareness of the anti-Semitic bias of the BDS movement, for example, and I just participated and I was also speaking on a panel last week in Strasbourg, uh, actually introducing the results of the Fundamental Rights Agency anti-Semitism survey. I'm happy to talk about that in a little bit as well. Uh, one other thing I would love to mention is they already... Uh, talked about a priority of the Council of the European Union and the Austrian presidency that just adopted on the 6th of December a declaration specifically focusing on the results of their findings combating anti-Semitism and also calling upon member states uh, to tackle and to implement specific actions. I'm happy to dive in a bit later as well.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that in a moment, but Mm -hmm. you you work uh, uh, quite a bit in the European Parliament which is a large body uh, over 600 members uh, is that correct
1: 750
0: yeah 750 so even more um, yeah. these various structures i mean i remember when it kind of started some years ago with the uh, anti-semitism coordinator position and now there yep. seem to be other structures as well that are being established to fight anti-semitism but the the real question i think it's important to to ask at the outset is that with these 750 members, do you, do you find that um, there is a, a critical mass of, of interest? Uh, or is this kind of a, a, a smaller group that understands the challenge and the threat and is moving to try to do something about it? Or are there, are there a lot of members uh, who really do care about this issue and want to do something about it?
1: Uh, It's a tough question to answer, and it's also a challenge that we have in our daily work. as I know that you also have been uh, with several delegations coming from the US and meeting with parliamentarians. Um, uh, The issue is that most of the parliamentarians and also uh, most of the officials and and key players within institutions, when I speak to them, when we meet them, also in high-level meetings, acknowledge that anti-Semitism is an issue. But most of them don't have it as their high-risk priority, given that they work in different uh, committees, they have other uh, political priorities, and so on. And it's for tough to make them understand that they should focus on, unfortunately, such a small minority within Europe, When actually making them understand that it's not just Jewish issues or Jewish rights that we're trying to defend, but it's European and human rights at large. Uh, the European Parliament worked Group, for example has around 90 supporters out of 750 members which actually is in my opinion a significant number On the other hand we only have four chairs uh, It's a cross-party chairs from different political groups that are very active and we are very happy in the support our chair of the working group for example Heinz Becker from the Austrian ÖVP uh, party he even just received a prize for his engagement and commitment in combating anti-semitism from the Israelite community in Vienna so that shows like his dedication but it's still tough for us at times to actually bring enough people to our conference that we're doing on average every two to three months in the parliament, and actually making them interested not only in the issue itself, but also convincing them to commit their uh, time and effort and also workforce in actually combating and helping uh, pragmatically, not only on a European level, but also on the member state level. So that's a challenge that we are trying to face. And one of the approaches that we are having is, for example, with the conference that we did with football and anti-Semitism, basically trying to connect a bit more, I'd say, attractive subject of sports that everyone can relate to and show through the tools of sports and education that you can combat issues such as anti-Semitism uh, while actually engaging in a fun activity.
0: Yeah, the football for, for Americans uh, would be soccer, so I think we're talking yeah, about soccer, a, but yeah. the principle the principle that's is the same. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sporting events and um, how one deals with, uh, with anti-Semitism in the, in the grandstands, in the stadiums. Um, and uh, that's, that, that's a, an extremely important issue because sports, of course, uh, not only for, for older people, but especially for younger people are extremely important. And you want sporting figures and teams and, and fans uh, to... Um, uh, to be uh, on guard against anti-Semitism, not to be uh, promoting it. But let's let's move now to the Austrian Council presidency with its anti-Semitism focus, the conference in Vienna, the final Council declaration. Tell us about that.
1: Absolutely. As said, luckily, and we're very happy to hear that uh, Austrian presidency chose, and every, it would, just for our listeners to understand, Within the 28 member states, the European Council presidency has been taken over by one of the member states in a rotating process for six months at a time. And every member state that's holding the presidency can actually choose their own priorities, which can range from economic issues to uh, legislative issues, educational issues, or, for example, as well, uh, issues of discrimination in in broader Europe. So we are happy to hear and also happy to see that the austrian council presidency chose among others to pick anti-semitism as their priority uh, they started to develop with umbrella organizations uh, and jewish organizations such as ours uh, a, a task force plan of how to combat the issue and how to proceed onwards and, and, and implement uh, recommendations that could be sent afterwards to the member states uh one of the the key Project that they took upon themselves was uh, the high level conference that was organized by the Austrian Chancellery and hosted by uh, Sebastian Kurz, the Austrian Chancellor, in Vienna last month. That Bnei uh, also participated in, which also basically was uh, the stepping stone and also the, uh, the project direction that uh, then implemented itself in the final declaration that was adopted uh, unanimously, uh, I happily must say so, by the 28 member states on the 6th of December. The specific title of the declaration is uh, Council Declaration on the Fight Against Antisemitism and the Development of a Common Security Approach to Better Protect Jewish Communities and Institutions in Europe. Uh, if I may quickly elaborate, uh, it's a several pages document, but the most important uh, tasks and all the recommendations that are now hopefully are being passed on and implemented by the member states themselves are uh, One, to ensure the security for Jewish communities and institutions, but also citizens. Second, to emphasize the importance of uh, the Holocaust commemoration and education. Third, and I believe that's one of the most important points in the declaration, that it also calls among all the EU member states that have not done so already or so to uh, adopt the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance working definition on anti-Semitism. And the last one is actually that the European Commission or like sorry the council calls on the European Commission and Europol to uh, pay particular attention to online anti-semitism and also content advocating anti-semitic terrorist offenses that's a development that we've seen in the last few years actually increasing significantly unfortunately
0: so this this is all uh, recommendary yeah um, this is not uh, it's not binding so and it's extremely important. It really is important because it's it's another series of steps toward uh, really confronting this resurgence of anti-Semitism. But how, in the practical sense, how do states, uh, how will they react to this? Will they enforce this? Will they make it a priority? What do you think?
1: Well, again, that's tough to say for the simple fact that the EU doesn't have a competence is not, as you said, a legislative document and obligatory for the member states to implement those recommendations. Uh, what this document and also other resolutions in the past, such as the European Parliament resolution anti-Semitism that NABRITH has also been working on closely with, with the members to, uh, for it to be adopted with a uh, large majority, is that can, it can create momentum and also can create pressure upon member states that are reluctant to implement it, they're reluctant to act upon or reluctant to even acknowledge the issue itself. Because I think the biggest or most crucial aspect within the fight against anti-Semitism that I see here in Europe is, first of all, being able to properly define the problem, which in my opinion, the IRA definition gives us an extremely helpful tool to do so. And on the other hand, actually assess the problem properly. And that's what we're hopefully going to touch upon in a second as well, is uh, just being done with the Fundamental Rights Agency uh, survey on anti-Semitism. I believe, and I don't, I cannot say for sure, but I really believe, by now we have nine countries within the European Union that have adopted the IRA definition. Uh, the last two actually just adopted it in November. And those, uh, one of them is the Netherlands. Yeah, adopted it in the end of November, and the other one, Slovakia, Slovakia also at the end of November. November of 2018.
0: That... November of this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly.
1: Then. Yeah. So both, 20... Netherlands was 27th of November and Slovakia 28th of November, 2018, both. So that happened within the period of the Austrian Council presidency, and I believe it actually is connected, and it creates pressure. And now actually calling upon the others uh, actually makes a difference, I believe.
0: Well, I think uh, I, it should, and um... – this is also very important for us as NGOs, as non-governmental organizations, when we do visit uh, with representatives of various governments, which, which we do uh, because we are an international organization and because we are, among other things, accredited at the UN, to be able to cite uh, these documents um, as, uh, uh, as a, an impetus uh, toward uh, toward greater activity uh, locally. Let's move in. In the time we have left, uh, Ben, let's move into the Fundamental Rights Agency survey on antisemitism, which you referenced earlier. Uh, what were some of its results?
1: Absolutely. So the Fundamental Rights Agency is an European Union institution that's affiliated with the EU, but it's actually based in Vienna. And the European Commission actually commissioned in uh, May and June of this year, the second uh, survey on discrimination and hate crime against Jews in EU member states. So this was an online survey being done among Jewish communities in 13 member states of the European Union, uh, and is the biggest and largest ever conducted survey in Europe. Uh, There is a total participant number of 16,395 Jews. And this covers 96% of the EU's estimated Jewish population. So we have a significant black-on-white numbers and statistics now on hand to actually assess the issue. And as I said, this is very, very crucial. Just to give you a few numbers, unfortunately, I'm not too surprised about them, but I'm still shocked about uh, how significantly, also compared to the last survey that's been done in 2012, the development has been in almost all EU member states. So, for example, 85% of all respondents rates anti-Semitism as the biggest social or political problem in their countries. And they rate that more significant than, for example, unemployment, immigration, or any other societal problem that they have. In addition, 89% feel that it has increased anti-Semitism in their country in the last five years. And also, 79%, and I think that's, for me personally, one of the most shocking uh, findings of the uh, survey, is that the 79% of the people that were harassed did not even report the most serious incidents to the police or to any other organization for the simple reason that they believe that it does not make any difference. And I think just to mirror that and also maybe tease what's going to come up in January of this year, there's going to be Eurobarometer once again being published and uh, being undertaken by the European Commission that's going to basically mirror the questions of this survey being done for Jews and it's going to do the same for non-Jews and given the fact that eight, or in some countries, even nine out of ten Jews consider anti-Semitism to be the biggest problem on the non-Jewish hand, we're going to have eight out of ten people considering anti-Semitism not to be an issue. So we have a huge discrepancy, and I think that's one of the biggest issues and also one of the main tasks that I believe Nebrith has its power at, at his hand is actually close the gap of the perception between Jews actually perceiving this as such a big threat and non jews not even considering antisemitism to be a problem in Europe,
0: exactly. And we've uh, we've seen this uh, uh, time and again uh, throughout Europe. There are uh, there are a couple of governments uh, that uh, that do respond and whose leaders use the bully pulpit to speak out. Uh, but we need much much more of that, much more across Europe. Uh, and you know, there's a the, the frustration level here, and we might even say the outrage level. Um, I think goes back to the, to the following, that here mm-hmm. we are 70 years on, 73 years after yeah. the Holocaust in Europe, after the worst crimes ever committed um, in Europe. Um, and uh, one would think, and even with the post-89 uh, democratic revolutions that, uh, that uh, caused the, the, uh, the end of communism in Central and Eastern Europe, that even after all of this time... Um, it's almost as if um, the, the, the reset button has been uh, pressed, and uh, we have this, this uh, outbreak uh, in some countries more than others, but nevertheless, it's, it's continent-wide of uh, anti-Semitism, and um, it, is, um, it, it, is a, it is a matter that needs to be addressed uh, immediately. Um, what kind of um, reaction to the Fundamental Rights Survey was there? uh in europe when when these shocking statistics uh, were uh, released
1: well first of all i think most people given that they didn't even consider anti-Semitism to be such a big problem uh, actually were shocked and rightfully so uh, the numbers are staggering and i uh recommend to everyone to actually look uh, up it's an 80 page document total but you can find it on the fundamental rights agency's website uh it's actually looks into various different questions and all the perceptions, because those are also very important. Because what I find to be a a tough challenge, in addition to actually raising awareness of that anti-Semitism issue, also explaining to people that hate crimes and anti-Semitic crimes themselves are just the tip of the iceberg. You have a lot of harassment going on, and anti-Semitism can be also vandalism, it can be insults, it can be harassment at the workplace and so on, and it not only affects the direct victim itself, but it also affects the communities at large. And people simply don't perceive it as a problem because Jewish populations across the European member states are such a small percentage of society, a lot of the times they're not even 1% of the overall population, but at the same time they attract, depending on the European countries, up to 40% of all hate crimes committed. So that's an, that's a crazy proportional focus on one specific minority that we must understand, we must comprehend what that actually means for the individual citizen. And it also cannot be that Jews once again consider or even have left already Europe because they don't feel safe anymore in their own communities and actually living a Jewish life. Because that's exactly what the biggest issue is with those harassments and the numbers that we're talking about, that behind every single percentage point and number, there is an individual European uh, member, there's an individual citizen or neighbor that's actually not being able to live his Jewish life really as he would like to. And as a result, and also one of the questions that the survey has asked, and I think that's shocking as well, that uh, a third of the Jewish uh, participants actually said that they uh, don't go anymore to uh, Jewish community events, they don't go to the uh, shul anymore for the simple reason because they're afraid of being attacked or harassed for being Jewish. So not only it discriminates against the Jews, but it actually literally kills off any Jewish life in Europe. And what we have seen now is that uh, people are actually not only considering, there's 38% within the survey are actually considering leaving Europe in the next decade because they don't feel safe anymore. But we already have seen quite a large number of, especially French Jews, actually emigrating to Israel for that exact reason, that they don't feel safe anymore, practicing their Jewish religion, or even showing any kinds of symbols that uh, show to the outside world that are being Jewish.
0: Well, you have elections coming up in May, EU elections. Will, yeah. will this be an issue, do you think, in, in any of the, the countries in the EU? Will, will this matter be brought up, do you think?
1: At the one hand, I hope that this matters will be broader and I hope that it's actually going to be subject of discussion within the political campaigning. And uh, we with our office and other neighbors as large in, in Europe are actually trying to uh, raise awareness and actually trying to hold accountable politicians that are running for the elections of making it part of the portfolio, meaning combating anti-Semitism and engaging the problem. On the other hand, I'm afraid that that problem might be instrumentalized as it has been in the past by specifically... Uh, right-wing populist groups that instrumentalize it for the sake of actually harassing other minorities or actually being Islamophobic, for example. And uh, we have seen, for example, in Germany right now actually having a first official supporter group of Jews for the RFD, the alternative for Germany, the right-wing populist movement that's running for elections as well on the European level, and that's uh, probably going to actually gain quite a lot of seats. So uh, it makes it a sensitive subject for Jewish organizations as well on how to engage them, where to draw the line. Because it would be very easy to actually build coalitions with uh, right-wing populist movements that are in themselves anti-Semitic for the simple sake of actually addressing one of the issues that I agree is a big problem at the moment in Europe. Well, a big is, problem... Uh, Anti-Semitism... Yeah, sorry. A,
0: a big problem and, and a growing problem. and Absolutely. Um, uh, something that um, all of us... You've done um, really um, yeoman's work here, Ben, in uh, these various coalitions that you've been engaged in with the conferences uh, and all of that. Um, And um, uh, there's no question that uh, this has become uh, the highest priority uh, for us uh, and for other Jewish organizations that work in Europe or that are in Europe, uh, because again, uh, who would have thought that uh, so many years after the Holocaust, we'd again have to be uh, facing um, these kinds of issues in the streets um, and uh, in certain political parties uh, and in certain media. um, It uh, is troubling and more than troubling, and it's something that uh, we certainly take very, very seriously. So, uh, Ben, I want to thank you. We're out of time for this program. I hope when we come back we'll talk more about the upcoming elections uh, in Europe in May uh, and um, let's uh, take the temperature again uh, in the wake of the, the Austrian program and in the wake of the survey uh, in uh, some week's time to see uh, whether we're headed in the right direction. So uh, thank really you okay. for joining us. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to our podcast today. Please visit our website, benebreth.org. like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on your smartphone through the podcast app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. And lastly, tell a friend about us. For my guest, Benjamin Nagula, I'm Dan Ashen. We'll talk to you next time on the B'nai B'rith International Podcast.